thank you for being here tonight. I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about encouragement. The call came down from the crow's nest, enemy ship off the port bow. The captain ordered, bring me my red shirt. The first mate asked the captain, why your red shirt, captain? The captain explained, if I'm wounded in battle, I don't want my blood to show on my shirt. The crew might be discouraged and the battle lost. The first mate thought, wow, what a leader. What courage, what bravery, what an inspiration. Just then the lookout cried out, four more enemy ships on the starboard bow. The captain without hesitation orders, bring me my brown pants. We can go from being the encourager to the one needing encouragement in a heartbeat, can't we? I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but I have. What we do, either intentionally or unintentionally, can have a big impact on others, and others can have a big impact on us. Your presence this evening, though you might not think it's a big deal, is a concrete example of this. Your presence indicates your desire to encourage and to be encouraged, to build up others and to be built up to the glory of God. That's a really, really good thing. But first, let's define the term encourage. Webster defines it as to inspire with courage, to spur on. When we come to church, what are we usually looking for? All too often, we expect a feel-good experience. We want our needs met. When I was in high school quite a few years ago, there was a philosophy being promoted, and it's still being promoted today. In fact, we're, we're experiencing the, the fruit of the seeds that were laid back in the 70s. The philosophy was, I'm okay, you're okay. Basically, it was a philosophy that was intended to make everybody feel good about themselves. No guilt, no concerns, no judgment. Really a very attractive approach to life. It's unfortunately just a lie. No matter how much we reassure ourselves and one another as to how okay we are, we aren't. So many of us aren't okay. In fact, anyone without Christ is not okay. And it's a lie to assure somebody that they are when they're not. Many come to church wanting to be told that they're okay. They're looking for reassurance. They're looking for a quick fix. Sometimes people get what they're looking for, we oft, but we often hear people say, well, I just didn't get anything out of church today. Expectations are not being met, so there's something either wrong with the expectations or how we go about meeting those expectations. Not long ago, I had to make a part for our grandfather clock, uh, the wooden part. I went down to my shop, I took a piece of scrap lumber, ran it to a planer that I had just recently bought at a yard sale to get the thickness right. I rounded up a couple of router bits that happened to be just the, the right combination of what I needed, stuck them in a brand new, very fancy router that I had bought seven or eight years ago but had never used. And in two quick passes, I had the part that I needed that was an exact match to the cabinet of this antique clock. And it was great. I mean, it was all of about five minutes to produce a very complicated part. Sometimes things go really, really well for us, and we get encouraged by that. Those times are a gift from God, and if you experience that, thank God for it and enjoy it, because they don't happen very often, at least they don't happen to me very often. 
However, if we base whether we're up or down on how things are going for us at any given time, well, we know what happens. The day after my success, I went down to my shop to do something else, and everything went wrong. I mean, everything went wrong. It was really discouraging. And we know people whose lives are tied up in how things are going at any given time. They're up one moment and they're down the next, and it's a miserable way to live. The encouragement we're supposed to have in Christ must be much more stable than that if we're going to live joyous lives. There has to be something more than just how things are going in our lives at any given time. If we look to ourselves and our own power for the encouragement we need, we'll often, if not always, be disappointed. Our courage must be derived from something greater than ourselves. There's a classic example in the Old Testament that deals with encouragement and disencouragement. There's an event recorded where some of God's people were greatly encouraged, while at the same time, others were greatly discouraged, but it was the same event. Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed Solomon's temple. After many years, the people came back from exile and began to rebuild the temple. In Ezra 3.12, we read about this. It says, yet many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' households, the old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, while many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the, sound of the shout of joy from the sound of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard far away. There were those who had seen the old temple and were very sad. They remembered the old days. There were people that hadn't seen the old temple, and they rejoiced at the rebuilding of the temple, at the laying of the foundation. We read more of this in Haggai chapter 2, verses 2 through 10, where it gives a little more clarity. It says, Speak now to Jerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? Does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Take courage also, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And all of you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. As for the promise which I made to you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while I am going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Wow, what's going on here? We serve a God who is in total control, who is totally powerful, and the one who will use that power to our benefit. Our efforts may be meager. We can't build much, but God makes the difference. It's that power, God's power, that brings us courage. God is the encourager. In 1805, a famous sea battle took place off the coast of Spain. 
27 English ships of the line, big ships, went up against a combined French and Japan, uh, Spanish fleet of 33. The British were better trained, had better leadership, and their fleet was second to none. The French naval leadership had been decimated by Napoleon. Napoleon was an army guy. He wasn't a navy guy. The French and Spanish fleet had been kept in port by an English blockade. To successfully invade England, the Spanish and the French, Napoleon, needed to control the English Channel. His plan was for his fleet to break out of their blockade, defeat the British, take control of the Channel. The English had to keep this from happening. They had a mission. There was one additional very important ingredient uh, between difference between the British and the French and Spanish fleet. Victory was more than just the name of the British flagship. In the mind of the English sailors, victory was a foregone conclusion. Defeat was unthinkable. Victory was inevitable. The French and Spanish sailors, on the other hand, expected to lose. They had no expectation of victory. They knew what they were up against, and they were defeated before they even set sail. In the end, the French and the Spanish lost 23 ships. The English lost none. That knowledge of unquestionable and total inevitable victory gave the English a significant edge. It provided them with confidence and well-founded encouragement. But we have the same thing in Christ multiplied by thousands. Victory in Christ. In Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 31, Paul has just talked about all of the bad things that we face in life. But he says in verse 31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of God? Will tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And in verse 37, But in all thing, these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The war is won. The victory is ours. The battles we may fight may be hard, and our confidence in our victory shouldn't cause us to be cocky in the face of a powerful enemy. But we will win. It's a done deal. We know how this movie ends, and it ends in a fabulous way our life with Christ for eternity, with God for eternity. Our encouragement comes from an almighty God who loves us so much that he gave his son so that we might have that victory. We need to grasp hold of that victory. And when we 
are discouraged, we need to look to where encouragement comes from. It comes from our Almighty God who loves us and His Son. Thank you for encouraging me tonight, and I hope you've been encouraged. I hope we are all encouraged in Christ. If you have any other needs uh, tonight that could be met by the congregation, prayer requests or such, why don't you make those needs known as together we stand and sing.